Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, I think the biggest fear for me is not getting the nutrition right. I've done a master's in nutrition, so if that's the defining reason why I have a bad race, um, that's going to be probably about 65 grand's worth of university education uh, chucked down the drain, isn't it? Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot, and here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. This is indeed Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Whatever your reasons for training, whatever you are working towards, whether it's for your mental health, your physical health, maybe you're raising money for a charity for a big event, maybe you're chasing your next PB. Whatever your reason, we are here to help you, support you, get you fired up. That's what this show is all about, positivity. And I've started the day off on a very positive note and I don't just mean that spiel by the way Pete the non-running guy producer of the show I've just been out for what I call a little wellness walk a little wellness walk sir before we started to record the show don't often do this Mm. don't often do this Really feeling good for you. How's a wellness walk different to, you know, like walking out to get a meal deal, which is what I sometimes do? How's that, how's that different? Because I'll be honest, when well, I've got, I, I do feel a lot better and weller when I've got a meal deal in my hand. <laughs> no doubt about that. Maybe I should try that. Maybe I should try that. Well, look, I, I'm just going to stick with a nice little wander through the park surrounded by nature uh, for the time being. If that fails and I don't feel wellness for that, then I might give you, I might give, uh, give the meal deal walk ago we see how that goes but look i you know i tell you a big thing for me and and perhaps there's a lot of people that can relate to this when you run lots train lots you're very active if i'm outside i'm typically running that's how i spend my most of my time kind of outside does that make sense okay if i'm not going to the shop shopping or whatever but it's actually quite difficult to find time and make time to run anyway. We speak a lot about this, don't we? We're all so busy. So then to make and find extra time to then just get out there for a nice little walk is really difficult. And I said to myself yesterday, I said, Jake, look, just you get outside, man. Just, it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to go hiking up mountains for hours on end. Just 10, 15 minutes, get a break from the desk. And I'm not doing it for physical health at all, which is why I call it a wellness walk. I'm just getting out purely for my wellness, for mental health, to get some space. I had a nice little wander around Orem Arbor, as I think it's called here locally. Really beautiful. Lots of dog walkers, other people out, looking like they're doing a very similar thing. Gives you a bit of a break from the desk. It's difficult, isn't it? So many people working from home at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You can become anchored to the desk. I I was like that a couple of years ago, um, just before COVID, actually. I went from working full-time at a place where I went out in the morning to working on my own. And you've just reminded me there, uh, before I started any kind of running, I actually started Mm. that off by walking, going for daily walks every day. Like, um, my my wife would take the youngster off to school, and at that point, I'd go out and I'd go for a just a walk not 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 in a park or anything like that just around the flipping streets just to get some movement and um, and stuff and i suppose that was a wellness walk i suppose really you could call it but um are you not um are you not running tonight because you're at the you're at the club aren't you that you go to on a, a tuesday night when we record this it's a tuesday and you go to the um i mean when i say club i mean running club not like you know out <laughs> throwing shapes or whatever they do in 2022 i know we did that in the 90s but you know no, i am officially a fully fledged member of wadak winchester athletics at winchester and district <laughs> 
Athlet- Look, I'm new, club. okay? It's called Wadak, anyway. It's called Wadak. Yes, I'm going tonight. It's my second session. It's a bit late for me. I struggle with these late runs. I struggle with these late runs. But that was one of the main reasons for me getting out today because I thought, I'm not running until like seven tonight. Mm. Well, I get up early. I'm on it, like half past six. I'm there coaching my runners, checking in, seeing what everybody's been up to, firing out the voice messages. I mean, I can't just spend all day in until 7 p.m. tonight. It will drive me insane. And it was not good no, for no, me no. on the inside. Do you know what I mean? So I thought, you, I've got to force myself. So that's why I, that's why I got out. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I really do. You you mentioned six thirty your routine and getting up and stuff. Are you still on um, on AG one from Athletic Greens? Are you still taking that? Oh, it's a, I don't even think about it anymore. It's just it's literally a habit. Mm. You know what do they say? Twenty eight days to form a habit. Is that about right? I think I formed it in like fifteen. PB there. It just <laughs> I just don't even think about it. It's just part of my routine. Wake up, make the bed, straight into the kitchen. AG1. I'm all yeah, over Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, why not? I mean, today's show is, by the way, sponsored by Athletic Greens and their uh, their brilliant product, AG1. If, if you don't know about this, it's basically a whole bunch of really good stuff in, in one glass. A whole bunch. 75 vitamins in a single scoop. That's just one scoop. One scoop. And all you need is one scoop a day. Scoop, plop, add your water, bit of a shake, job done. Actually, here's a tip for you. This is a groundbreaking tip. Got to make sure, got to make sure you screw the lid on your shaker tightly. Make sure you do that. It's got to be aligned. It's got to be aligned. You know I made the mistake the other day, don't oh, you? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, I did that. Mm. I did that. Not not good first thing in the morning. That's unfortunate. It really is, seriously. No, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of it, and I do really genuinely, I do feel like it's pepped me up a lot. And I did talk the other day about how it's really helped my uh, my gut health for want of getting, you know, too too graphic about it. But, you know, I had fish and chips last night with, um, with no bad results, and I blame that directly on the uh, on the AG1 I do genuinely I, I, I see that, I see that you mention this a mm. lot when we talk about AG1 from athletic screens you often refer to fish and chips do you eat this stuff every night is that the only reason you take AG1 because there's a whole host of benefits my friend it's not just to help you post fish and chips <laughs> <laughs> I know I realize that yeah I, I, but what I've done is I've got into a rut of just having fish and chips when I go out for a meal and I've got to get out of that and start exploring other parts of the menu but you know it's <laughs> the fact is that you know the the ag1 is helping me with all of that and with uh, and also i think you know you mentioned that you were going on a wellness walk and let's be honest right you you pack, you pack full of great vitamins not just that morning but previously as well and you, you you know you're as good as you can be physically as well you feel good from the inside out which is massively important and i think taking ag1 it just adds to that getting out for a wellness walk spending time stretching doing a bit of mobility spending time running doing all those important things in life, even spending time with the people that matter most to you, looking after yourself from the inside out, you know. 75 vitamins in a single scoop, I think it's massively beneficial. And I joke and laugh at you talking about gut health in your fish and chips, but actually gut health is... I think that's getting more light these days, and and rightly so. I think it's so important and something so many runners can relate to because particularly uh, with longer, longer distances, half marathons, marathons, uh, poor gut health, that can really hinder your training and racing, which is just not fun. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So do you know right now, if you want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, because that's what it is, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements. There's no need for all of that stuff to look out for your health because it's taken care of very quickly uh, in the morning. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a 
free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Free stuff. It's all with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash running. If you are a listener to Running With Jake, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash running. And there's a little bit of a deal for you there. You can take advantage and ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Go and do it now. Less than 10 minutes into the show and we've already got people feeling good from the inside out. This bodes well for the rest of the show. For the show notes and video content... Go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. I think you're going to really love today's chat with our guest, Josh Schofield, who's been on the show before. He's a running coach from PGC One Coaching, friend of the show. He's got a master's in sport and exercise nutrition, and he's broken 15 minutes of 5K, so a seriously rapid individual. But what I find so interesting, and the reason that Josh is on the show chatting to us today, is as well as being a top coach and looking after his runners, he has his own goals now. Last time we spoke to Josh many months ago on the show, he was no longer really running. He was getting into a little bit of cricket and he was dabbling a bit with running, but not much. He has now set himself a challenge of the London Marathon this year. This is a key stage in the training and the preparations for that event. And I'm really interested to know how, as I know well, a running coach prepares for something like a marathon. Josh, good morning, my friend. It is good to be chatting to you once again. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Jake. How are you? Yeah, I'm not doing bad, thanks, buddy. I'm not doing bad at all. I was thinking before we uh, we hooked up today, uh, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because sometimes conversation can be a little bit difficult. I know you've had a few runs in and around London recently and you commented on your Strava yeah. about people not being <laughs> forthcoming with conversations. Difficult sometimes to get a conversation started, you know, especially if it's with somebody new or it's somebody you haven't seen for a long time. With runners, however, it's so easy. You just ask one killer question, which I'm going to ask you now. How's your training going? How's the training going? Oh, it's <laughs> it's going well. I think I'm 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 pleased with where we're currently at. Uh, still a lot of work to do, but yeah, in a in a good place. Nine, ten weeks out. I think. So interesting. I want to get into uh, so much stuff with you today, Josh. Uh, training, obviously, for the London Marathon for a great cause, and I'm going to chat to you about this. But I- I've just been keeping a little eye on the older Strava there. I'm quite interested to see how things are going for you. Obviously, super fast guy back in the day with your 5Ks and short distances. Totally different bag, this. Uh, you did quite a good uh, run the other week. What was it? 17th of July, 80 miles. Nice, nice pace. Uh, your comments. Went to hell and back today. Felt worse than a weekend in Lancashire. Yeah. There's nothing that could make you... I mean, that, that's probably the only thing that could make you feel worse than a week in Lancashire. A weekend, even. <laughs> even an hour in Lancashire. Pete, just... Sorry, Josh, I, ju- I just need to check with Pete, producer of the show. Uh, Pete, are we, do we have many listeners in Lancashire? I just... I don't know whether we need to change the conversation or edit this bit out. Are we safe to talk about Lancashire? No, 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 it's fine. I think we're OK to go with this because I think even the people in Lancashire know that probably, you know, you can have some bad weekends there. I mean, admittedly, you can have bad weekends anywhere. You know, this is not just Good a Lancashire point. thing. Josh, we're not going to censor this chat. You're fine to just go for it, buddy. <laughs> Listen, I want to go back to the start here. So, obviously, we... we we first spoke, didn't we, over social media, exchanged a few messages and stuff, your fellow coach. We had you on the show previously a couple of times, talking about different things and helping people, coaching people. 
Well, how did this start for you? Because if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were doing, you, you did the whole 5K stuff and you're doing the short stuff and the fast stuff, then shifted your focus to helping other people, which I can relate to, with their goals, doing a bit of cricket, you love your cricket, and all of a sudden I see you pop up on Strava and there's talk of London and smashing these long runs. How did it come about? Um, so, originally after Manchester, I was having a chat with uh, one of my guys uh, that I coach and he was talking about trying to run under 90 minutes for a half um, and we picked one that was quite local to uh, where I live. We picked Levington. Uh, my girlfriend actually lives about a, at the mile marker on the course. I thought, yeah, I need to get involved. I need to do that. So had about 10 weeks to get tra- fit for sub-90. Um, and probably about five or six weeks into that, um, I was having a chat with, uh, again, the same, same guy and a uh, little group chat. And um, he was saying, oh... I cannot wait to be in Trafalgar Square with a beer, medal around my neck, and having completed the London Marathon again. And I thought, that's actually making me feel really jealous that like, I've got FOMO here, real, real FOMO. <laughs> and stupidly, I messaged saying, like, that is about the only thing that would get me motivated to get out and train properly again. So then two days later, I get a call. Um, saying you're in and you're running the London Marathon and yeah I'll, it was a bit of a shock but I'm, I'm really glad that I've, I've taken it it's, on it's just crazy isn't it how things change in life you know running we're talking here with events somebody may say oh I'm never doing that I would never do a marathon you know maybe they're on a couch to 5k program at the moment you know maybe they're looking at improving their 10k been running a few years maybe starting in lockdown Never say never. Never say never. And I find it fascinating. Never say how never. How people get into different things and different events. You know, like with your story, like who would have thought when we first spoke to you on the show that you'd now be doing this, the London Marathon, you know, <laughs> persevering for 18 miles around Lancashire. I mean, you know, you've got to do these things. You've got to do these six. So, uh, first of all, it, this is for a charity you're doing it for as well. You're not just doing it for yourself, are yeah, you? Yes, so I'm running for the Bobath uh, Centre, which is a cerebral palsy charity so they help out young children with cerebral palsy and try and give them an equal footing um, and improve their opportunities uh, to be the same as able-bodied kids which yeah for me it, it does mean a lot to me because my my grandpa was in a wheelchair um, so it's yeah i know the difficulties of um having a physical uh, ailment such as that so it's nice that there's these charities out there trying to help these kids um, have the same start as as able-bodied uh, children. That must be such a driver for you. Uh, and tell me, Josh, because obviously having personal experience here, you can relate to uh, the good work of the charity. You know that that surely that must be keeping you going through the the difficult sessions obviously when it comes to the race itself we know those latter miles are going to be really difficult and challenging that must that must motivate you surely yeah absolutely when when things are getting t- hard like you know the the alarm's gone off early in the morning and you're thinking oh, i don't want to do this today um you know there's there's a million one other things i mean working for yourself as you will know jake we can find a million one excuses to go and hide on a laptop and not have to go out for a run um, and yeah, when when it gets to those points, it's actually no. There's you know there's 35 people that have backed me on my just giving page. It's I've got to go out and get it done, um, you know. And and it's it's for a greater cause than just yeah, just running around with uh, 26 miles around London. I mean, they say that, don't they? You know, make something bigger than yourself your reason why you want to do something. Uh, I think that's really important. Whether that's people wanting to be 
good role parents, uh, role models for their kids, for example, you know, role parents, if you like. I think things like that are so important. You know, talking about the charity, it's going to keep you going. I love it. How are you finding the, the training? What I'm interested to know, really, Josh, is how you balance between helping other people, because you and I both know that's that's massively rewarding it takes a lot of work to do it properly it's not just go and do these sessions these are real people that we're dealing with here with personalities of spinning plates how do you manage to put all your time and energy and effort into looking after your runners and taking care of yourself as well have you found it easy it's been it's it's kind of i guess two-pronged really um having had quite a bit of time out from training myself and gave me a long time to self-reflect on what went well and what didn't go so well during my own kind of competing career um, in inverted commas. So I've, I've kind of nailed down a little bit more the formula of, of how I get fit and, and what I need to do to be fit. Um, and, you know, that, that also has helped me kind of not worry about the small things and actually kind of focus on the, on the main stuff. So for, for me at the moment, I know that with what I'm doing with work, it's a lot of late nights, it's a lot of long hours. The intensity of training can't be too high, so I've got to focus my efforts down um, and, and, you know, spread them out as much as I can. So um, unfortunately for me as well, I know that if I can go out and run for an hour... I get a really good fitness gain from that. So for me, it's been a case of five days a week, aiming to get an hour twice a week, plus my long run. If I feel good and feel okay, then we'll get a session in there, some kind of tempo element. If I can't get that in, then it is what it is. Um, And then, yeah, just kind of a couple of easier runs just to build that recovery in. On the flip side of that, though, you then start to get competitive. So I finished a half in 122 and I look at it and I go, okay, right, I, I know what that probably roughly equates to for a marathon. Well, if I do this and this, then maybe I could squeeze a little bit more out and, oh, you know, maybe we'll squeeze a little bit more, squeeze a bit more. And that kind of process, I have to really keep myself uh, grounded and not let my mind get um, kind of roll too far away uh, and really just allow myself to... Um, Get, work, get in the training that I can manage and keep training week on week on week. Um, and I mean, you know, we talked about that uh, run that I did a few weeks back. I think I actually pushed slightly too far beyond the realm of what I should have been doing. And I mean, that day, like, I, it was a really good run and I felt brilliant. But actually, last week, I really struggled. I had a mental working week. I think I worked out, I worked about 95 hours last week. So, um it was probably not too sensible looking back um, and being uh, kind of reflective to go and absolutely send myself to hell and back on on the Saturday, then go in and work a nice three-hour working week. So, you know, this week, my trainers then got to reflect that, ease it back in um, and just be careful with it. This is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you on the show, get you back on the show, Josh, aside from being good friends, and we always have good catch-ups, don't we? But I think we can really help people, yourself particularly with the journey that you're on at the moment, and the things that you're talking about here, being realistic with expectations, managing expectations, the fact that you are busy, you are spinning plates, you have had a big amount of time out of kind of running specific stuff, you know, from the days of competing, as you call it. Uh, and, And that's really important to be aware of, isn't it? Because I think it's so easy for people. I don't know if you see this with some of the runners that you coach and the messages that you get on social media. It's so easy to have really big aspirations. And that's what a wonderful thing. We certainly don't want to be taking the wind out of anybody's sail and, and stopping people from being ambitious. But actually, where are you at the moment? And, and importantly, not only what 
gap do you have to bridge between where your fitness is at the moment and where you want to be for your targeted race? But also, what else have you got going off in life? Is it the time to be aiming at that target and, and you know, really pushing everything? I love, I love how you're managing that yourself in your own training. And I really like what you talk about there, reflecting as well, because that's very easy, isn't it, to say, well oh, you know, I just felt good and just wanted to do it. And then you do a session, be it good or bad, and then you just ignore the session. You never look at Strava or Training Peaks or your training log or wherever you log your, inf- your data and session. You just ignore it. Whereas actually you're saying, do you know what? Being honest, I'm a coach here and I know what I'm doing and I can help people. But actually I think I might have pushed a bit too much there. Took a bit too much out of it. Need to learn from that. That's massively beneficial, mate. With the marathon, it's that that pace is. It, I kind of I, re, I refer to it as kind of sexy pace. It, it feels good to run at that pace because it's it's not too difficult to run six, eight, ten miles at that pace, and it's kind of that that feeling of you're going quick, but you're in control still. So it's it's a real addictive pace to go at. So this kind of sexy pace you're talking about. Are you talking about? a bit quicker than easy you're kind of pushing beyond but you're not yeah. you know you're not a sort of tempo or threshold effort yeah it's that like yeah in between i kind of call that like Got around you. marathon pace so yeah um some people might call it like an up tempo pace um any there's it causes a lot of fatigue and you build up high amounts of fatigue in that zone but at the same time uh you're not getting massive benefit in terms of thresholds not massive benefit in terms of your aerobic but it does feel good to be in there um, and you can get carried away in that zone quite com- easily. Um, we've all done it. Um, I look back on my career years ago, and I, I did a lot of running in that pace for no reason other than it, it felt good at the time. Um, so yeah, it's it's about I think really not trying to get too wrapped up in the in the um, kind of short term and kind of remove yourself and and really thinking about polarizing those intensities. Um, we all will make the mistake of you know touching the boundaries here and there but if you can whilst going through that marathon cycle look and say okay well well did i need to go and do that um that kind of faster 5k part of my my easy run um and yeah really really kind of be reflective with that process it's not about no one training week no one training run will change that marathon cycle it's a case of you've got 16 plus weeks to go and get yourself in shape to run 26 miles and you're the accumulation of all of those weeks together um, and if you push over that threshold for too much in one week cause yourself to lose 10 days then for me you know it was you were better off just relaxing it off um, and you know focusing on getting that working over a longer period of time accumulation that's a a word i use a lot josh Uh, the accumulative effect of all your sessions coming together hopefully the timing is right you taper well you feel good fresh no covid nonsense and all this stuff flying around and and you're ready to go on the day (laughs) it's everything coming together on that day and and it's about playing a bit of a patient and logical game as well and looking at that big picture you know coining lots of phrases here but i think it's so important because it's easy to look at one session oh it went better than I would have liked it to have done, which is amazing. Or I guess more often than not, because we're hard on ourselves, oh, I didn't quite do what I wanted to do. Well, it's not just that one session. It's not make or break. You don't just, oh, I didn't run 20 miles as a long run, therefore my marathon's going to be unsuccessful. Uh, Conversely, it doesn't mean that you've ran three 20-mile runs or four 20-mile runs or even 22 miles and you're going to have a successful day come the race itself. That 
doesn't necessarily work like that. I love your honesty as well, Josh, which is, I think, one of the reasons we get on so well. And, I, and I'm very honest myself. And, and with the mistakes I make, be it a coach or not, I learn. I'm constantly learning. And I think even in the most recent marathon, you know, because you supported me regularly, so dropping me messages and stuff through uh, Manchester last, or this year, wasn't it? Last year and this year, uh, everything with COVID is all kind of a, a mixed up. But this year, looking back on the training and reflecting, I think I did get caught up a few times, you know, Josh, on overall average pace. And what I mean by that, let's say the session was focused around threshold intensity, we know is really important, really helpful for endurance runners. I think rather than focusing primarily on threshold, I was kind of looking at the overall pace as well. So I kind of, and that caused me to push the warm up a bit too much, caused me to push potentially the cool down a bit much. And you're losing the benefits, aren't you? You've got to train specifically. Yeah, absolutely. It can be really, um, when you get into those kind of really big meaty sessions, you, you absolutely nail it. And those warm downs, you can be really motivated to kind of keep pushing that pace because it's going to look you know, better on the Strava graph that you've got a sub 730 average, say. Um, but, it, you know, in, even in those moments, it's, you, you know, you've got to stay and, and focused and keep in the back of your mind. The session finishes, right, this is now recovery for tomorrow because... The, the day before training, the day after training are just as important as the day that, of training that you're in. Um, and really just keeping yourself accountable um, and remembering that it's day after day after day um, and hammering those processes and, and thinking that, it, well, there's a, it's, a, it's a coach from America, it's an American football coach that talks about, you know, you've got to nail your processes. So you focus on the process of this warm down is... Um, that the, the aim of it is to help your recovery for tomorrow. So in, in that example, what I'd kind of say to myself or to my runners is stop your watch, save the activity, warm down as a separate activity. Therefore, you're not then going to get caught up in trying to push that warm down um, and keep it as the overall average pace. So, you, you know, you can feed the ego on one part and then help the session uh, on the other side. It's, it's so funny. I'm smiling because this is exactly the advice that I give. Record it separately. If you know that you're a sucker for average pace and you just, you can't get away from that in your mind, you can't help it, you're just oh, always looking at the average pace, record it separately, as you say, the warm up and cool down. Then it doesn't matter. You've got to know the purpose of of what that session is. I think that's that's really really important, isn't it? Uh, and and I think as well. Interested to know what you think about this, Josh. I say this a lot to Martina at the moment. So it's funny when you mentioned like your your really busy week last week. I'm thinking, listen, you know, so many people are busy. It's crazy. Martina's really busy studying at the moment. Regular listeners of the show will know she's she's a vet and she's studying for big exams end of the year. And I'm saying to her, look, I think you need to spend just a little bit more time getting your head into the session because she really cares and she's training for performance. So it's not just to take a break from the desk. It is that a bit, but she wants to do well in Valencia at the end of the year. So I said, rather than just the moment you put your pen down or close the laptop, your shoes are on within a second and you're out the door. And there isn't any kind of separation. You're not giving, there's no transitional period to go from kind of work study mode into session mode, right? What's the purpose of this session or what's the purpose of this walk? for example and I said even if it's just in the moments that you stood outside waiting to get your GPS signal on your watch just spend a few minutes just forget work and emails or whatever and dogs and sick rabbits think about think about what the session is about what you need to do process as you say process 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 because then the outcomes will 
they'd effectively take care of themselves and some you'll be really happy with, some you might be a little bit disappointed with, but you'll, you'll always be able to learn from these experiences. It's so logical. Here's one for you because we're, we're being all very positive here and, 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 and that's what this show's about and you're very positive with your runners and your own preparations for London. What are you nervous about? What are you concerned about when it comes to London? Do you have any fears? I think the biggest fear for me um, is not getting the nutrition right seeing as I've done a masters in nutrition so if that's the defining reason why I have a bad race um, that's going to be probably about 65 grand's worth of university education uh, chucked down the drain isn't it um, <laughs> so, sorry sorry all taxpayers um, yeah I think that's the thing that um, I kind of I, I'm worried about is making sure that yeah I can get the nutrition on board um, so you know to counteract that I'm really focusing on that within my sessions um, and getting that right it's probably in the back of my mind it's you know the stomach holding out um, I know how many carbs now I need to be having um, and it's a lot so um, yeah trying to get that trying to get that all sorted um, potentially needing to go for a wee as well whilst I'm racing because I had to do that at Leamington which oh. was yeah not ideal but don't need it. Wild wheeze. I mean, during training, they're not bad. Sometimes you feel like, oh, a bit of a breather. But actually, you don't want a wild wee on a, on, in the middle of a race, do you? Let's be honest. <laughs> no. Or even worse. You know, you really don't want that. No. And, and as you know, Josh, we've spoken about this a lot. That is my fear. Yeah. Stopping for the flipping toilet in a marathon. Um, so it's it's focusing on what can we do to to avoid that and using training to do that, isn't it? Not just waiting until, until race day. You've got to apply stuff, not just read the books and obviously everything that you've learned. You've got to test it yourself, which you know you're doing from Strava. I want to pick up on one of your sessions in a moment, actually. Just on the topic, it's kind of connected to nutrition, not necessarily directly, but this is obviously a bit of a thing for you. And as you say, with all your education and you, f- you feel like, oh, I perhaps should get this right if that's the thing that lets me down. Do you feel any, do you feel any pressure from other people, be that the runners that you coach or from people that know you from you, your competing days? Do you feel the pressure because you're you know josh the athlete you're josh the sub 5k runner you're josh the running coach pgc1 um i think the pressure that i feel is that i've got to get those first six miles right um and and not go too hard at the start if i go too hard at the start i'm gonna have a a long list of whatsapps i think uh coming when i come off the course saying you've told us to go easy and you didn't manage to do it yourself um so mate yeah that I, i guess there is a little bit of pressure but um I think, you know, um, I, I've, we've got a psychologist that works within PGC1 um, in, in Leah Barrow and uh, I've listened to a lot of her talks and it's about understanding what that pressure is and what can I do to counteract that. So um, it's really for me in, in a lot of my sessions, I'm focusing on trying to make the first rep fairly be easier and really hold myself back. Um, and by doing that, I'm kind of hopefully getting into the cognitive process that when I, I start London, uh, I'll get to Cutty Sark thinking, okay, that was easier than um, I, I need, I wanted it to be and that, that's good. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably the, the real pressure is the, the pacing that I'm feeling. It's great, isn't it, to really start to consider the, the, the psychological element to training. I think it's easy to, for something to be something that we overlook. And again, you know, talking about time and, and, and limited time, we want to spend time running and training and we want to improve our times and get physically fitter. But actually, we've got to spend some time as well working on the psychology, especially if you really want to see what you're capable of. You know, if you've set yourself a target 
and it's the close to the limit of what you're capable of. I feel that's the case for me. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I would love to break sub three one day. Uh, I think those you know, I'm going to have to get on it fairly soon. I'm 44 now. I'm, I'm, I don't know how long I've got to have a go at sub three, but it, I, I've got to work hard and think of the mental skills that are involved to extract that performance because it's not like oh I break three and then I go on to 245 I mean you know what I'm saying it's it's like that's the limit yeah. even if I can do yeah, that yeah. so you've got to work hard and we spoke with Dr Josephine Perry recently I don't know if you're familiar with any of, of her work if not definitely give her a follow on Instagram she's great and I bought her book recently um, she's got a new book coming out which she was talking to us about on the show but the book I bought was one that's been on my list forever and we all, we had it on the show I was like oh, I'm going to buy it um, and after we recorded the call I, I bought it straight away and it's called uh, Performing Under Pressure it's so useful Josh it's my bedtime read at the moment and one of the things you know, I really want to help people don't we who are listening to this show now and perhaps apply things in their training one of the things that really resonated with me and I think can help a lot of people is changing your relationship with with effort and your perception of effort and opening your eyes to what it feels like before you even go into a race or into a challenging session so you're going to work hard in a race if you're trying to push yourself of course but that work and that conditioning is done in training so you need those sessions of adversity as she labels them as when you're not feeling like it or there's just a, a terrible headwind or it's super hot or you know you've got to keep yourself safe but when you're up against it that's the time where you can build that mental toughness and go into the session expecting it to be challenging you know whether you're running around Lancashire or you're trying to win a marathon go, go, go into it expecting it to be challenging because you'll be better prepared I think you know you won't think oh I wasn't expecting this you were expecting it so I think you're better able to deal with it really important the quote from Fred DeVito if it doesn't challenge you it doesn't change you you've, you've got to go and have those hard days where it does really hurt and it doesn't feel great um, because that's going to, you know, that's going to then resonate with you and you can put that session into your mental, um, kind of your me- mind palace. And when it gets tough between 18 and 24, at some point you're going to think you're not going to finish. So you've got to save up those ideas in your head, save up those sessions and say, OK, when it was tough there, I didn't give up. I still got my session done. I still got the right outcomes. I won't give up here. And, and yeah, you, you do need to look towards having those challenging sessions and if you can keep getting through them on a consistent basis then um, you'll be able to yeah store them up and, and use them great advice and, and it's having them in your mind isn't it reminding yourself of those sessions yeah and and i think as well to to build confidence just while we're, we're on this kind of in this flow josh because we all need a bit of confidence i'm going to ask you about this i imagine you need a bit of confidence in your ability and what you're doing and making the right decisions with gels nutrition all that stuff and I think confidence, you know, where does it come from? You've got to believe in yourself. You don't just pluck that belief out the air. I'm thinking as I speak here, if I believe I can break three hours one day, because I still do, I don't, I've not just plucked it randomly out the air. It's based on something. So it's based on uh, how up for it I am, how committed I am to training. I know I'm consistent with training. It's from the previous experiences uh, in races and training. So I'm drawing on that to go, well, actually, it's bloody hard, but actually I do believe in that. So I think you need to cast your mind back to various training sessions that you've done. If you're somebody that's perhaps need a little bit of a boost in, in belief and confidence and all that sort of stuff. And I also think confidence comes from small steps. Now, I think certain people can take bigger steps than others but if somebody is let's say for example josh not feeling great about threshold sessions they find them really tough we know they're challenging 
and they, they, they just oh they just want to build it up and build it up you've got to build very slowly so take yourself out your comfort zone gradually because then you'll think okay that was uncomfortable I'm out my comfort zone I got through it what did I learn well I learned I can flip and do it so actually next week or the week after or whatever when the session next comes around on the plan maybe I can spend a couple more minutes there or an extra little rep there and you just build that way don't try and just smash it off the bat because I think what will happen is it'll be your confidence that gets smashed. Josh, just want to pick up another one of your sessions. This is great. I'm having fun. It's, it's distracting me from thinking about all my pain in training for Valencia. You did another session. This makes my eyes water, man. I've not even asked you what you're targeting yet in London. going to do that. Uh, 23rd of July. The title was Marathon Workouts Just Hit Different. You probably know what I'm going to say here. This is insane. So you did like you, you did a six mile warm up and then you did six miles at marathon effort, which is challenging anyway in a long run. And then, oh, uh, you did a mile easy. Oh, and then you did park run and came first in 1815. Uh, and then and then you just, you know, cooled down two miles easy to finish off. I mean, that sounds like a crazy session. First of all, love those kind of mixed bag sessions because your mind's always thinking about what's happening at the moment. So it goes quick. Um, that sounds incredibly tough man incredibly tough what are you targeting on the day where do you want to be come on man be honest let's go for it three goals probably C goal sub three B goal sub 255 A goal probably or A star goal best day ever would be sub 250 I think what would it take to go under 250 as it stands now, as, as training's gone and what you know of yourself, what do you think it takes? I think I'm okay. I'm probably okay up to half. Um, and I think kind of fortunately my history of running will be get me through there. Um, I think it's going to need everything to go right in the day. I'm going to have to nail the nutrition. I'm going to have to pace it well. Um, it's going to, you know, there's going to be ex- external factors that I can't control, such as the weather. Um, that, that's going to have to go well for me on the day as well. Um, you know, if it's 25 degrees, I think it'll be a struggle. Um, but if it's good temperate conditions, yeah, I think it's on. Um, I think it's going to be a case of the next six to eight weeks, I manage myself and my workload really well um, and really, yeah, look after myself uh, and make sure that uh, I don't push too far and I'm, I'm not going to um, go overboard with the training. Um, but yeah, if I can nail all those things and get them get them sorted i think i think it is possible potentially great isn't it because i love the way you say oh i i think it's possible i think but it's not a dead it's not it's not a given it's not a dead cert that makes it exciting and i think this is something that i'd love more people to have this i suppose mindset because it is exciting because if you think about it if something's a foregone conclusion it's not really that exciting, is it? To mention the quote that you love, you know, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Well, it's, it's not really a challenge if you just know you're going to do it, irrespective of the weather on the day, irrespective of how I feel, I know I'm going to do that. Then then the bar may be set a little bit too low or maybe there's a lot of scope to increase and raise the bar. So I love that. And I, I think it's going to go well. I, I have a good feeling the way things are going at the moment. What I'm interested about, Josh, as well, and I, I sort of, I, I, I alluded to this when we exchanged a couple of messages. What's your, I want to give some perspective here. What's your personal best in the 5K? So you've gone under 15. Come on, it must be on your mind. 14 what? 
14.39. Boom. Right. Let's have a little tap on the old calculator here. So, let's have a look at the Jack Daniels calculator, something that you and I both love. So, that's 4.42 God, that's four forty two per mile for 5K. Which sounds horrific. When did you do that? How long ago? How many years? July 2019. So, just, yeah, just over three years ago. Insane, man. So, not that long ago, really. Really. I mean, obviously, I had a, I had a lot of time out. But what I'm really interested to know is how you're managing the times, target times for Manchester in your mind, and uh, sorry, London, and how you're coming up with them. Because if we were to punch in the calculators, I'm sure you've done before, and you look at the predicted marathon time, we know it's a prediction, but based off that 1439 performance, that's a 220 marathon, which is insane. So obviously that's saying that, look, okay, we know that basing your marathon time off of 5k i mean 5k is a very short distance in comparison and it becomes more accurate the the bigger the distance you're comparing half marathon to a marathon of course but how have you managed that how have you got to the times that you you're aiming at does that make sense did you not because i think some people are punching a calculator what have i done 5k in or 10k and they go oh my god right i'm going to target that or maybe I can go quick. Yeah, I, I guess maybe to, to coin a, a Stone Roses song, it's a bit of a I am the resurrection. Um, this is a different, different. Um, it's a different challenge now. Um, I'm not the runner I used to be, and I, I've got to be comfortable with that. Uh, and I was chatting with Leah and Laura, the two coaches that work under PGC One, and they were saying, "Oh, you, you're slipping into kind of comparing yourself that you know seven minutes doesn't feel as as easy as it used to." Um, you know, I've got to put it in a box that was what I was able to do and now it's, it's a different challenge so um, I guess kind of one of the things I'm doing is I'm, I'm having the joke that it's couch to marathon in 26 weeks so that's my that's my um, my aim uh, <laughs> rather than kind of yeah thinking of what I used to be when I was a performance athlete and I've done little things like um, I, I changed my barcode at Parkrun so um, it's a different person now I'm, I'm you know uh, so it's coming up as I'm getting PBs or this is the first time I've done this course or whatever and technically it's not but actually for me mentally it's putting in the box what's been and now I'm focusing on the here and now um, I could try and you know aim for I, I don't know what my capabilities would have been you know back at three years ago potentially I could have aimed for a 225 or a 230 and I could say oh yeah I'm going to go and try that now but I know that realistic play six weeks in I would probably be picking up some kind of illness or injury so I've got to realise you know life life does move on life does change and uh, those are the things I did achieve and, and now we're going to go and aim for something different just so well managed managing the mind and how you you work through this process the process that you mentioned earlier it's not just training is it it's, it's in the mind as well and it starts with setting those goals and those expectations knowing your strengths maybe areas you need to work on knowing your experience we know we know from coaching first time marathoners josh it's a bloody marathon it's 26.2 miles 42 kilometers it is a long way and there is a hell of a lot that can happen on route uh, and you've just got to keep building that experience for people listening that perhaps are really ambitious, want to break four hours or five hours or three hours or whatever time it is they've got in their mind. Uh, if it's your first marathon, chalk up experience because you're probably not going to run 26.2 miles in training. I certainly hope you're not. In which case, at some point, you're going to reach unknown territory in the race. And then after the marathon, it's no longer unknown territory because you've chalked up that experience that you can learn from and hopefully build on. Josh, it's 
uh, it's awesome catching up with you. Well, I, I wish you all the luck in the world with, with your training. Obviously, I'm going to keep up to date with what's going on on Strava. So, if you want to follow Josh, go and check him out on Strava, first of all. Dead interesting. Uh, unless you're from Lancashire, in which case you might want to block him. But it's Josh Schofield, PGC1 Coaching. So, just search Josh Schofield on Strava. Uh, and I, I think it's amazing that you're raising money for such an important charity to you, Josh. So, we're going to link this in the show notes page if you do want to help support Josh in his London Marathon endeavour, raising money for Bobath, then we'll link that in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash plodcast. Running today, Josh? Have you you been running? Have you got a session going on as a rest day? You look chilled. You look chilled. Easy day today. I ran yesterday. I haven't uploaded it yet. Uh, Ran yesterday and then I will be on probably another easy one tomorrow Um, and then, yeah, aiming for a, a good long run this weekend Plans probably about two hours and 15 minutes, maybe two hours 20. Running on duration. Love it. Logical way to train. Yeah. Listen, great to catch up with you as always, Josh. Best of luck this week. Catch up soon. Cheers, Jake. Thank you. Running with Jake, the podcast. Cool. So I've got my little list here. Just need to make sure we are on track with the show. So welcome, everybody. We did that, didn't we? Did the, uh, yeah, welcome, everybody. That's good. Spoke about <laughs> Athletics Greens, AG1. Love those guys. Yes. Uh, get a great guest on. Yeah, tech. Oh, Patreon, Patreon, Patreon P. I'm going to hand over to you, my friend. Are you really? What now? Mm. Mm. Oh no, I didn't know we were doing. You should you should email me this tick sheet so I can work my way through it myself. This is um... I normally do, but I was on my wellness walk. I do apologise. Okay, okay, of course you were. Yeah, the reason Jake's able to take a wellness walk, and the reason he's well, and the reason everything is okay, and we can bring you this show is because of our wonderful patrons and, and the people who support us. Because you know we don't get paid. Yeah, I know we got a few quid from Athletic Greens today, so it's a bad example, isn't it? Really, but we get a few quid from them. That's fine. And but basically, the people who really make this. Show show exist and able to exist and we couldn't do it without you, I'll be honest with you, are the people who support us on Patreon. So if you do enjoy the show, if you do take some content from it and you do like it um, and you you've apply the tips that you get from the show in your running and you feel it makes you better um, and you can afford it as well because that's a big thing isn't it really, I know how <laughs> you have to tell me how much diesel costs nowadays but if you can afford it as well um, then uh, obviously you, you we'd love to We'd love to take your money. We'd love to. Um, You can give it to us just by going to runningwithjake.com forward slash plodcast. And at the top, there's a little Patreon banner. Just click on that and give us whatever you want to. That'd be lovely. Talking of tips on the show, it's now time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag AskJake. Today's question comes from Jake, who's recently taken a break from running, and he really wants to get back into it. He wants to work towards some races, but he's feeling a little bit anxious about taking those first steps. He's worried that he's lost fitness, he's gone backwards, that he won't be able to do it, that whole cycle of negative thinking, and he wants to know if I have any advice to help him. Jake, it's all about taking pressure off my friend in these situations. I really believe that this is something I would do myself, and time's gone by where I've had time out from running through injury or illness or whatever it might be it's the same with the runners that I coach that take a break from running take some pressure off so I sense from your question the pressure is building in your mind so how can we strip that away well first of all let's park running for a moment let's focus on getting active so I suggest and this can be a great great technique go out for a walk not a run but and this is the really key bit do it wearing your running kit. Now, it might just be your running shoes initially. You might just want to wear normal clothes for a walk and just put your running shoes on. But you'll slowly start to create that 
mindset of running and the desire to build that habit back and get back into some training. And the other great thing about that is if you constantly do that regularly, eventually you might be out on a bit of a walk and you suddenly feel the desire to break into a run. And if so, go for it, do it. And it will just help reintroduce you to the world of running slowly, carefully, because when you are back, I'm sure you want to stay back. Good luck, Jake. Keep us posted on how it goes. If you've got a question, it's hashtag Jake, or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. Well, that's that then. The end of the show is nigh. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. If you are out today, tomorrow, the rest of this week for a little jog, maybe you're doing a race, maybe you're going for a run, maybe you're going on a wellness walk <laughs> or, I don't know, buying a Happy Meal or something if you're anything like Pete. It's not a Happy Meal, man. It's a blind meal deal. <laughs> Avoid fish and chips. Look after yourselves from the inside out. <laughs> and we'll be back next week for more Running Motivation. Oh, and one more thing. When you feel like stopping, think about why you started. Started.